0: If you became a Christian hoping you'd get to fight the devil out in the open, moving your hands like a raver with glow sticks, conjuring binding spells in the air, lassoing demons out of possessed psychos, and whirling them into suicidal squirrels, would you go nuts when you were told Christian spiritual warriors resemble more of a forest Gump vibe, and you'll be the butt of jokes and bystanders thinking you're intellectually disabled, not wizardly wise? I only ever watched a few episodes of Mad Men. I saw this one where Don Draper couldn't stand to be at his kid's birthday party and being around the adult small talk settling over it. I instantly connected to that. After John the Baptist went to the Jordan and began baptizing and taking a verbal flamethrower to the influencers of his day, could he ever come out of the river and ask someone drying off by the way, you and the misses and little Timmy, can you all make it to Jenny's birthday party next week? We need a head count for the size of the cake. When I first read the gospels, I saw Jesus nailing in the point. Follow me means death on a cross. Count the cost. I would just reread from Matthew to John and stop. I was convinced I had to burn all my ships to my life or I wasn't committed. I'd go to parties only to call out attendees to repent, getting on the never invite again list and thinking the more I pissed people off, the closer I was to Jesus. Then some older Christian comes along and asks if I read the epistles of Paul. And Paul is writing about elders and they need to be respected people in and outside the church. And I remember being, wait, I thought John the Baptist and Jesus were warning against the dangers and deceitfulness of having human respect, and now Paul is saying, nope, John and Jesus went too far. Rebuild those ships. Is it when you first become born again and you die to your old way, it's okay to have the baptism of fire and burn all your old ships, your old way of navigating. But if you're not killed immediately like the one thief on the cross within your first days of conversion, like the majority of Christians throughout time, and you need to eat? Is Paul saying, when you rebuild your ships, it's important to take care of how you do, so onlookers can't say, ah, it's shoddy work. Or, that person's a cheat and bad to do business with. When I was torturing my old life, and the respectables were maybe saying, turn it down a few notches, would they be happy to see me eat hum- humble pie? And go, you guys were right. I should have focused more on my finances and worldly stability so my testimony would be more grounded. I think Jesus and the forerunner John were so adamant about repentance, persecution, and all the stuff respectables gloss over because it's better spiritually to take a soul who's been purged of the world through the gospels and eventually through studying the epistles to give them new instructions on living than to start with the epistles and focus on respectability like a self-improvement manual. Someone could skip the pick up your cross parts, use the self-improvement parts, and never be born again. I think there are parts of Paul that are more easily digestible for someone dead in their sins to find the worldly wisdom in being a respectable person in the community, parse out the rest, than the extreme stark sayings of Christ that Almost everything you naturally think is upside down of how it should be. The whole world is caught up in the devil's delusion. That's a hard pill to swallow. There's not going to be many people who want to sign up to be a homeless bachelor while being on the run as the powers that be want to publicly kill you. But you could see someone not born again be tempted to buy what Paul is writing that, okay, I can get married, successful business owner, as long as I mostly treat people fairly, I'm good with God. Hardly seems like a sacrifice. I can do that. The thief who repented on the cross, Jesus promised that day paradise. The thief didn't need to implement the knowledge from Paul's epistles to be saved. Is that why the gospels come before the epistles? What if Paul was writing before the time of Jesus? Why did Paul come after? When I first repented, I wanted to be like Dr. Strange, or Jesus, and tear demons out of people. From Paul in Ephesians, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. The battle might be invisible to the naked eye. If you're putting on a show, you're waving a red flag. You're in the flesh, not the spirit, and wanting the glory, not surrendering to the spirit. Peter wrote, not everything Paul says is easy to understand. If you read Paul and go... This whole Christian walk is going to be a lot less glory, more head down, work, without all the recognition. I'm not sure I want to be like Forrest Gump. I signed up to be Dr. Strange. In Corinthians, Paul says he preached not like a guru, but plainly. Is that not saying when I came, I walked and talked like Forrest Gump? How many people get to that part and go, oh, that's disappointing. In Paul's life, he was beaten chased on the run from death he worked hard he didn't do it for fame or fortune he played down his intellect and only whipped it out with the intellectually arrogant not used it as a first strike calling card if paul was around when i first was converted and wanting to show it off with arguing at every opportunity paul might also told me to chill not because it was ruining my reputation But because maybe i was in large part trying to make a reputation joseph the son of jacob had the dream of everyone in his family bowing down to him and then his brothers sold him into slavery and he had to keep the faith betrayal after betrayal working away in the prison not becoming bitter being forgotten by the world but not forgetting his faith if god would have right away after the dream made him ruler of egypt how much of it would have went to his head instead of having Joseph go the long route, slowly preparing him for task ahead.